0: in here because we are officially live. All right, so we are officially live on Facebook. Today is May 12th. This is Reflection Artist Live number 28. We have special guest Mike Dixon, uh, owner of uh, PDP, Professional Detailing Products. Uh, he's been in the industry for 41 years. Uh, he's been involved in the industry at many different levels. He's 2017 IDA president, um who has actually in you know my my getting into it as vice president he helped coach me a little bit so that helped a lot um but yeah so with with mike thank you for being on and it's huge that's because fun. you have a lot of experience and a lot of background in our detail industry i mean PDP was um what was it uh ohio auto yes. uh products and that started you said 1933 correct yes yeah so i mean, right. that's. Mm-hmm. been around a while. So these are another one of these legacy brands and and people, uh, or I should someone that's in charge of a legacy brand as owner uh, that we're able to talk to like other brands we've had on the podcast as well. But this is great because there's a lot of history there. So I'm going to hand it over to Mike. He's going to give us some background on how he got started in the, the wonderful world of detailing and where it all started at for him. So thank you, Mike.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Justin. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess I'll I'll tell you a little bit about the history of Ohio Auto Supply and how it evolved into PDP. i uh, will start at the beginning, 1933. My grandfather, a Russian immigrant uh, in the middle of the Depression, started a wrecking yard, called it Ohio Auto Supply. Uh, in 1947, moved to a different location. My dad joined him after uh, coming back from overseas, World War II um and they ran uh, ohio auto supply supplying uh uh professional mechanics in the area with auto parts um in 1970 my dad decided to take on a detailing line which there wasn't many at the time uh in in ohio and probably nationwide there was blue coral simonized and pro Pro started also in 1935, by the way, Uh, and Pro was geared to dealerships, professional detailers, so he started distributing Pro. I joined him in 1980. Uh, In 1983, we decided to start to manufacture some of our own products. We got a tank, uh, and we started to blend five products. Now it's evolved into our full complete line today
0: was that quite the task to take on in regards to going from you know just a selling and distributing to actually manufacturing the products
1: i'm sorry it was a what was the question task? was it
0: yeah was it quite the task to take on to transition from you know selling the products and, and yeah. being a distributor to actually manufacturing them
1: yeah well uh i could tell you an interesting little uh, part one at the beginning there so I joined him in 1980, working on the counter, counterman, auto parts. Uh, of course, I worked in high school too, uh, you know. Uh, so we distributed pro, we had a salesman, an outside salesman. Uh, I believe Carbright got started in 1981, about the same time. Uh, they solicited our salesman, who one day he handed his notice and said, I'm sorry, I'm leaving. And he went to sell our customers Carbright. Obviously we had to do something. I knew nothing about detailing. Uh, I went on the road the next day trying to keep those customers. And there began my journey in detailing. I started to learn from our customers and uh, suppliers, uh, about detailing, uh, and and, um, and that's that's how it started. So, uh, 1983, uh, we met a formulator, and um, that was a whole other thing. I did, I was the blender. Uh, I did everything in regards to that. Uh, ordered the raw material, blended the products. So. Uh, that started the journey of PDP then, nineteen eighty three. It was
0: more simple then because you only had five that you had to blend, right?
1: Yeah, we had <laughs> uh, we had tire cleaner, interior cleaner, car wash soap, glass cleaner, and solvent. That was it at the time. Simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I can continue with that. So uh, basically, I could jump forward to. Uh, Well, Ohio Auto Supply uh, sold AC Delco, Motorcraft. Uh, It was growing, but at the same time, the detailing division of the business was also growing. They were growing side by side. And in 2009, I had an opportunity to sell off the auto parts side of the business just to concentrate on what really interested me. Uh, and what was my passion was the detailing side of the business. So 2009, uh, we, we didn't sell auto parts anymore. So that's just been 11 years, and our growth has been pretty explosive. since. I'm sure
0: you retain still a lot of customers, because at this point, they were probably buying both you know, parts and chemicals from you for the most part, right? Sure,
1: yes. Yeah. In Northeast Ohio, that's how we evolved, uh, calling on the dealerships, shops. Uh, We still have, we still service a lot of the same dealerships, of course. Um, And then, you know, we've also expanded uh, our reach. Uh, We have distributors. We started that about uh, 15 years ago. Uh, And we have distributors who resell our products in the Eastern United States.
0: Now, do you have also um, trucks on the road as well, distributing as far as directly from your location for the local dealerships and retail yeah, departments? We, well, because we evolved
1: that way, we still service Northeast Ohio. Uh, we did have trucks, but when we started to manufacture, we sold so many drums that we found that we always had to go back. We never had everything that the customer needed. <clears throat> You know, you can only have <clears throat> excuse me so many drums on a cube truck. So <laughs> now, what we do, and it, it seems to be more efficient for the salespeople too, they they can make more stops. They don't have to deal with delivering the product, and then we deliver it two days afterwards.
0: <clears throat> oh wow, very nice.
1: Yeah, so we have uh, three vehicles right now for our local area: two cube trucks and a transit van.
0: So. With you said your dad having it or your grandfather starting or your dad having it, at what point did you feel you wanted to take on that next role in taking over the business? Was that something that kind of you were just going to follow in the footsteps already or was that something that kind of dawned on you that that this is something you really wanted to make your own and make it your baby and continue the overall legacy?
1: Right. I I took over in 95. Uh, My dad, semi-retired. Um, so, uh, you know, it took me a while. I mean, I had some wanderlust in me when I was young. You know, I, 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 I admit I sowed some oats, you know. <laughs> so uh, I graduated high school in 1970, <clears throat> finished college in 74, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and um, I lived in Boston. <clears throat> till 1980 and then came back and joined my dad in the business.
0: Yeah. So you had to break away and live a little bit before you fully committed.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I had to, <clears throat> and you know, that way you make sure that it's it's what you really want to do. You just didn't step into something, you know, you, you paid your dues. You know, I ended up paying my dues here, obviously. And, uh, I always appreciated so much the relationship with my dad. He he never pressured me to do anything. And, you know, you hear so many stories about sons and dads in business. We went to lunch just about every day, uh, you know, from the store here. And I could probably count on two fingers the arguments we had. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So it, 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 he, he was, he was a great man.
0: That is awesome. So with that and taking that transition in your involvement throughout the years, were you in to like just detailing cars at all? Did you get your hands on detailing cars for friends, family, or anything like that? Or did you stay just more so on the, the just the business side of things?
1: I did, you know, I, I got into, uh, obviously I tested, uh and use all the products that we have you know uh there's only so much detail and you can do when you're you're running a business managing the production shipping distribution marketing and all that all the hats but uh so you know uh, and then as years go by uh obviously uh you know i look for the best employees uh you know, I, I and I'm grateful f- for all my employees, too. I mean, they, they understand at this point. You know, I believe it's safe to say they understand a lot more than I do about each product. But
0: uh, you've got a good team there and they've been with you for a while. You don't have much of a, a turnaround, correct? You have guys that have been with you for quite a long time.
1: We have. We do. Yeah. Yeah. Very lucky. I've got, I'm so grateful for the crew. Mike pulaski has been uh, with me. Uh, my gosh, it'll be 30 years. He joined goodness. me in 91. Yeah. He's a general manager does great job. Gene Harding. Uh, awesome job. Also she's operations manager runs office and operations, general operations of the store. And yeah, um, I would say she's been with me for uh Gene, don't don't I hope I'm right on this. Uh 18 years. Wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a when you have a employee base that continues the brand following, that says a lot for leadership and also the culture of the, the business as well. You know,
1: that's a good thing. Yeah. An employee. So you say I'm sorry didn't hear yes yes
0: yes your, your employee base when when they over time you know continue to stay with you and you have that brand culture and that relationship it's such an amazing thing because like you said they, they understand a lot of what's going on around you sometimes more than you do because you're focused on one thing and that their job is to focus on the, the tasks at hand that they are you know their titles for but okay. yeah oh, it just yeah. helps Great everybody run together in harmony
1: absolutely You know, and they're empowered to to do just about everything. So and and by and by now, like you say, they we all pretty much are on the same wavelength. We know how they know how I think. You know, I know how they think. So it it works well. So We're, we're looking for more employees right now, too. So, I mean, it's hard to find at the moment. I think everybody's experiencing that.
0: You're in the Ohio area and you want to get with a good company there you go (laughs) now with with the growth of your product line you know going from that five and growing was that based on like a supply and demand of what you were seeing in the market on what consumers were looking for and you just started basically taking that under development because I noticed you know even with first meeting you and and seeing the development of your ceramic line, it's evolved a lot. So I'm sure there's a, you know, a good story behind that as well in regards to how your products evolved. And you've added obviously a lot more since then. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, from the beginning, from those five products in 1983, we, we started adding on uh, everything that was needed and, um, We've always been about that. You know, I always want to have, uh, I always tell my employees, we want to have 10 to 20 new products a year. Now that may, it may be something small, maybe something big, but that's what makes it fun. that's what makes it interesting is to find the innovative products that help people solve problems or, or, you know, uh, just do a job better, do it more efficiently. Save money. Uh, that's that's really our mission. That's why we're here. You know. So uh, we've always had that focus to add a line, and we still do. You know. We're still. You know. That's why we always go to SEMA. We always go to MT conventions, along with everything else that's involved with it. But that's that's uh, you know that's that's our focus, um,
0: and that's that's what makes it fun. You know. Yeah. And interesting. Keeps you on your toes.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, what what would you say, roughly speaking, what your how many products you're manufacturing now from that five? You know, that's such a good question. <laughs> we we I never stopped to
1: count, um, and and we just finished our print paper catalog. It's at the printer right now, and um, uh, I would say in, in every. Permutation uh, of a product of, of the pr- different products, probably a hundred, hundred and fifty, somewhere oh, in
0: like.
1: wow. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I, I Don't quote. I mean, i have to if somebody wants to know exactly, I'd get them an the exact number. Yeah, no,
0: no. But
1: it, it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if 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 you would come to my showroom, and I know obviously Clint's been been here you know uh you would understand that i just want to have everything that's how i've always been you know i just i want to have everything for everybody that might be confusing to some people uh but it it creates a lot of choices and if it's something new or different or unique i want to have it so whether it be a chemical or equipment so Uh, when you go to my showroom, I I'm always stressing to my employees and it's hard because we're selling stuff and they're running out of stuff, supply chains, but I want, you know, difficult, but I want everything to look overflowing. I want, I want it to look like a candy store, you know,
0: and you've not just, you know, obviously your storefront has all of your products, but you've got other lines from other brands in there. Correct.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that kind of speaks to what I was referring to. So we manufacture our own line, a complete line, but we also give our customers uh, all the other choices. So, you know, we carry, uh, of course, Rupas, Flex, uh, G Technic, uh, on and on, Sonex, 3M, a little bit, you know. They don't
0: need to go anywhere else at that point. It's all one stop shop. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I like that concept because that, that gives you or a, a consumer the opportunity if they thoroughly enjoy, obviously, your products, they have their place to go. But if they also want to try something, they don't have to go nowhere else. Or if they're in love with a product that it just, that's what they like. They have it there on top of being able to pick up your stuff and why that put them there. But overall, it just keeps them in-house, you know?
1: It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're brand loyal to a certain product. And it just, it gives them choices they can choose. Sometimes, you know, different products are, are better for different, different projects. So.
0: Now you have, you know, huge, and I've seen pictures and heard stories about you know the storefront is beautiful. And it is to your point, like a candy store from what I've seen and what I've heard, but you also have a beautiful training facility that, I mean, that's been a couple years now, but that you had kind of recently, um, put together and, and modeled out. And it's, it's a, Thank pretty you. much it's a badass training facility. If you could explain to me what, what got you into wanting to do that and how all that came about, that'd be great.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, of course I, I was on the IDA board in 2013, but we've always, we've always been involved with education and training. Uh, we've had an annual seminar here. We call it a seminar, uh, a free day. Uh, People come, you know, we'd have uh, 100 people here uh, before we had the training center. We started in the late 90s. Uh, And we've always stressed education. Uh, I can remember even in the 80s, we used to, before there were computers, we used to paste, cut and paste these special sheets together and, you know, have a tip of the week or Give away a free five gallon for somebody who contributes the best, you know, tip of the tip of the month or something like that. We've always uh, believed in training and that's the way to go about it. You know, you you, and that was back when obviously detailing wasn't really recognized as it is now. Yes. as, As an industry, you know, as a as a viable career, you know. Uh, so anyway, in 2015, uh, I decided to build on to our facility here, uh, which 20,000 square feet and, uh, build on 4,000 square feet with two detail bays, uh, and a 50 person classroom with a, a big screen. And, um, you know, the detail bays have all the equipment. Uh, and, uh, we started training, uh, of course, uh, uh we were lucky to be appointed the IDA's uh, first recognized training center too.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was going to mention that that was, that was really neat, especially being the first one, kind of setting the stage and pioneering on something that you just built out. That was a dream, you know, training facility.
1: And, uh, they, you know, my dad passed in 2005 uh, but uh, my employees surprised me with a plaque at the dedication that dedicated it to him, you know, in, in memory and in honor of my dad. Uh, That's very awesome. it, was, it was very nice. We had a grand opening, but uh, uh, anyway, we've been enjoying it. So, uh, you know, lately we're just we're going to be starting classes up here soon. We've had some private classes uh, during the pandemic. Um, and of course we're going to have the, uh, SV on June 21st as part of the global, uh, certified detailer skills validated, um, testing week.
0: Yeah. Now prior, you know, pre pandemic, um, you were offering training with, with, out of the facility outside of the, the annual seminar you were doing. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, prior to the, to building this? No, no, no,
0: prior to the pandemic, when when everything was normal. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you were still offering training out there. How often were you guys, you know, offering the training classes?
1: I believe we had about three a month, three or four a month.
0: Oh, wow. So it was often. Yeah.
1: So we had a class on uh, ceramic coating application, of course, um, start to finish detailing class, uh, long stroke, buffing, polishing class, a class on uh, wet sanding and edge work. And those were, those were the basic class. There might've been one more.
0: Very nice. Yeah. 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 It'd be nice to get that back into full throttle with everything coming out of the pandemic now and being able to open up and do classes again. And so, but the SV in June that you're doing the skills validation—that's going to be your first official open uh, class, other than private yeah. ones, correct?
1: Right. Yep. 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 We're looking forward to that. So that should probably kick off uh, a reopening of 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 the classes. I w- I would think we haven't haven't made that official yet, but uh, gotcha. we're thinking about that. Yeah.
0: Well, and anybody who's curious that 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 week, that time frame, if you go on the IDA website and look up events. There's going to be a lot of skills uh, or I should say um, recognized trainers with the IDA that are going to be hosting skills validation and uh, facilities like Mike's, which are super badass. Those are the ones that I, I, I like personally, but uh, there's people doing it at other shops and other places as well and other facilities. But look that up on the events calendar if you have interest in that because that may be something that's right in your backyard that you have the opportunity to do just while we're on the subject. I figured kind of throw that out there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And also let let everybody know that uh, you need to have your CD, your certified detailer uh, uh, testing done first. This is, this is phase two.
0: Correct. Yeah. And that's something that you could knock out online in your own time. And it's a 10 part quiz, hundred questions, roughly. And, uh, it's pretty straightforward, just more the you know the the basics of detailing and most people that are in de- in detail and as a business can usually knock that out pretty easy. Um, but yeah, definitely get that first before you show up They come like, I'm here for the skills validation. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then be a member too, right? Because yeah,
1: you gotta join first, yeah. yeah. Well, you don't have to. But- you
0: don't have to, but it's definitely less expensive on the uh, on the yeah. pockets when you do the testing as a member versus not being a member. Um, but yeah, no, that's going to be really neat to see that go off, especially more of a nationwide thing. So everybody's kind of doing it together in sync. Um, yeah. so now with, with everything you've done, you know, and, and I always like to touch on this because everybody has a different opinion when it comes to ceramic coatings in that space, right. You know, when was it for yourself that you decided to jump into that arena and start, manufacturing products you know because now you have a good line a great line of ceramic coating products um when was it that you decided you wanted to jump into that because i know in the beginning everybody thought of it more as a trend uh, right. so what was it that triggered you to you know be like oh this is not a trend this is a, a real thing you're
1: right yeah and i'm trying to recall the exact year if it was three or four or five years ago it's, it's hard for me to uh recall the year, you know, the first year we went to SEMA and we saw, you know, uh, the ceramic coatings, you know, we had heard about them. Uh, we hadn't seen them yet. That might've been 2014 or 15. I, uh, so, uh, you know, when you first hear about something like that, you're used to, uh, all you've known in the past was paint sealants yep. and, and some dealerships, uh, you know, uh, I mean let's just say paint sealants uh are sometimes toted to be more than
0: oh they, yeah they are
1: so uh that's a lot what of we them
0: have come and gone. A lot of them have come and gone.
1: <laughs> so we thought that uh ceramics, we weren't sure if it was real or not. We we went to SEMA. we saw the the uh you know displays where they they uh take a lighter and and knock on the uh on the hood that's pretty cool you know and then uh you know we continued to look into it and i think it was it was just three about six uh or 12 months after that we decided that yeah this this is here to stay so um it, it's like any other innovation it's like when we sold auto parts uh my gosh, it might have been in the 70s or, or 80s when they came out with disc brakes and people <laughs> like, no, this isn't this is this going to work, you know. I mean, I, that's, that's way before your time, I know. But uh, it, it's like anything else, you know, you have to think out of the box a little bit to, to get used to it.
0: Once you, once you started offering it, I'm sure the pickup was slow, but now looking back on that, it was probably, you know, you're, you're patting yourself on the back for making the move because now it's such a demand right
1: well you know it's important just like we're talking previously about innovative products to to be one of the first you know or to to be among the first correct uh to recognize the trend or recognize the product recognize the benefit and 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 go with it in my opinion um we're just starting to look at graphene now. So I, I think that graphene is, is a real thing also. And yeah. Yeah.
0: That's actually, I was going to ask next, if you were going to dive into that, that side of it with that chemistry. I mean, I don't see it going anywhere. And just like ceramics, the, the, um, a lot of people threw shade on the hype of graphene and um, you know just like they did with the ceramic but I feel like for some reason graphene is taken off much faster than ceramic did um, only because it has the platform of ceramic to kind of play off of and yeah and I see the benefits of it and yeah I think that's a that's a very good move in regards to diving into that.
1: Yeah I think you're absolutely right it it, was a lot there was some resistance to graphene also uh, like you said but uh, ceramics did pave the way for, you know, that type of thinking. And um, it just could take some time for people to understand or get used to uh, the application and, and the performance and the, the, the durability of graphene.
0: Now, what is your take or explanation if you were to explain to somebody, especially from your, someone like yourself who's invested as a, as a uh, manufacturer, distributor, how would you explain the difference between a ceramic coating and graphene to a consumer or a detailer, just so we could hear your way of throwing that out there?
1: Well, the differences are subtle. Uh, they're, you know, ceramic and graphene. Of course, graphene, it's, uh, it's not pure graphene, obviously, because graphene is, is the hardest material in the world. Uh, it's a graphene oxide ceramic coating. So it's infused with graphene. uh, And what that does, infusing it with the hardness of graphene, it gives it more tensile strength, uh, more durability. Uh, You know, there's tests done on a machine that uh, will create friction uh, similar to a car wash uh, brushes 5,000 times and uh, compare it with with a regular uh, similar ceramic coating. Uh, so it, it lasts longer. Uh, the slide angle uh, is, is a little more. So instead of maybe being 100 uh, degrees, for example, it'd be 110.
0: And that's so, a big difference visually.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, the self-cleaning effect, uh, everything is gonna fall off it even more so. So uh, it, it, uh, it has a little more pop, but I think the gloss is probably pretty similar. It, it's more in the durability and, and the hydrophobicity uh, is, is the improvement. So uh, the testing has shown us that uh, there, there is a difference, and um, we're, we're excited about it.
0: Well, that's a good explanation because that validates the point where, you know, there's a lot of confusion about graphene and that helped debunk that confusion to say your explanation because it, it is, yeah, the base is ceramic formulation infused with the graphene chemistry, but it's basically an overall enhanced version of a ceramic just to give you better results and better characteristics in regards to performance. Right. You know, whether it be longevity, durability, repellency, whatever the case may be, it's hitting all those platforms with much greater characteristics just by infusing that different chemistry into it. And I know a lot of people are being misled too, because a lot of times that's not explained. It, they think that the product is just pure graphing, like what you have said, and that's not really physically possible.
1: So. Right. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's fortifying it with the graphene, sort of like uh, we've had degreaser in the past and uh, you add some delimidine, which is a citrus terpene, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great cleaner and it just gives it a little more, gives the degreaser more punch. In
0: yep. Yeah. 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 And I see that. I mean, most detailers can relate to that because they have that citrus based degreaser then they have the traditional, red stuff you know what i mean the stuff that's like super aggressive that every manufacturer has their way of making it but no matter what it's always red and super aggressive degreaser that needs to be diluted because how concentrated it is but, but that, the difference between involved, the two
1: that that type of degreaser was, was like a tire cleaner very caustic it that's, is that's why they always we call ours hot stuff or it's red hot, or yes, red, whatever you know. <laughs> I don't. Know. But um, it it wasn't really meant to be an interior cleaner or any. I mean, it'll leave white sediment, you know, in in the carpet. You know, that's that's not it. That evolved at dealerships just because they want. Well, I want back in the '80s or '90s. I want something cheap, you know. Yeah. So everybody had their cheapest
0: degreaser. And know. they can make everything out of it, right? It depends on how they diluted it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as a dealership, that's all about being cost effective. But no, to, to the point of what you're saying, with, with the citrus-based degreaser, that's where you know the evolution of integrating things like that made a world of a difference. Even though it was still in that category of degreasers, that little bit of a change of chemistry made that big of a difference. Oh,
1: Yeah. And we have a unique degreaser that even goes beyond the citrus. It, it's, it's a uh, with other additives, but the concentration of it, the, the high solid part of it is delimony. So uh, you can cut that and it acts like solvent. It acts like oh, wow. a mineral spirit type solvent and uh, you can cut it with water and, Clean carpets, uh, you know, take a filthy carpet and, and make it look like new.
0: Wow! What's yeah. the name of that product? Just to throw it out there. Uh,
1: that is concentrated orange. the totally concentrated version. The ready-to-use version is called Citrus Blast.
0: Okay, yeah. that's good to know in case anybody had interest in that. As you were explaining it, but yeah, no, and and obviously this all started off the graphing idea, but the Lineup of graphing that you're going to dive into. I take you're going to get into, you know, the coating, the maintenance spray. How far are you plan on trying to take it in regards to that chemistry?
1: Well, we're just starting right now uh, with the coating, which uh, it has been verified to be 10H. They did the pencil test on it, um, and then also a so-called spray coating. In other words, it'd be a uh, lower solids uh lower loaded resin version of the 10h so it won't last as long it it's uh it'll probably last 12 to 15 months but it's a lot easier to apply
0: yeah that would make sense because then it becomes more user friendly
1: the other thing about graphene is it doesn't smell quite as bad and uh it's it's easier to apply just you know you the there's more of an open window when you go to level it uh than a hard you know 9h ceramic coating so i'm not sure how it imparts that characteristic to the coating but it does
0: i think that's a huge value too for the end user the detailer or the consumer um when they're doing the application because it allows for their application to go smoother without much resistance, because, you know, some of these coatings that are on the market are just super tacky due to the solids or whatever it may be, right? And it makes it difficult and not a fun experience installing. Um, And what gets me is I still see, you know, some of these specific brands that I know personally are like that, and you still have installers that are all in with doing them and doing a lot of installs, and I just don't don't see why they're wasting time when they could be other products, because it's all chemistry, right? I mean, we're providing essentially surface protection to our customers. So it's like, why not go with something that's going to be ease of application, still give you all the results and characteristics, but make your life less stressful and less physical.
1: And your employee, you know, if you just hire a new employee, you know, or, you know, dealerships, uh, it's a lot easier for them to make it more foolproof. Sort of like what RUPES did and and flex with the random orbitals, uh, you know, for years, people were using DeWalt's and Makita's and it took them, you know, a year to figure out, to get good at it. Yep. But then they still could screw it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: It, no, I, and the, the spray on products, you know, I know that there was a lot of ceramic based spray on products and that was always not necessarily misleading because the, they did perform, but different, you know, atmospheres that they were placed in and, and different elements that beat up on them, some of them wouldn't live the term that they were marketed to be. And that had nothing to do necessarily with the chemistry as much as the atmosphere they were in. And that was always a hit or miss. Even though you, you know, tested the product to last a certain way, I feel like the graphene spray-ons are now into that realm of being more successful more times than the traditional ceramic sprays that they were good. but. It was hit or miss on how well they how durable they were in different atmospheres right. you know
1: I think that's a great point because um, a lot of confusion about uh, an actual ceramic spray versus an SiO2 silicone dioxide infused spray the, sil- right. the SiO2 spray uh, is just meant to, to boost your coating or to help you like if it's raining outside and someone just applied the coating to drive it from here to there, uh, if they have to leave your shop, um, and that may last you know three to six months. It it doesn't have the resin content, uh, the ceramic content as uh, uh, an actual ceramic spray. There's there are different levels.
0: Hundred percent agree, and that's where I think a lot of companies, not necessarily the manufacturers, but they're included, but that may have. Made- Done some misleading information. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that that yeah, and, and then
1: they called a ceramic spray where maybe it's just infused with a little SiO two. It's not actually yeah. They mislabel it. That there's yeah. that going on, right?
0: And then the concept too of how much ceramic or SiO two or whatever they're formulating with, how much they put in. Whether it be one percent, five percent. If they put if if in correct me if i'm wrong but if they only put one percent in like some of these that you see on the store shelves at like walmart and autozone they yeah. only put one percent in they can actually still label it as a ceramic am i correct i yeah i believe
1: legally they could it's yeah. sort of like back at, you know 30 years ago with this paint sealants uh if you put a drop of teflon in the tank or the the, the uh the compounding machine uh you say it has DuPont with Teflon, which actually didn't do anything, you
0: know. No, but the trademark name, right? Because you can only use the Teflon name if because it well, was trademarked. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that makes it a lot of people didn't know that. In order to use the Teflon name, it had to follow with the trademark of DuPont. If it didn't, then you may be in some trouble.
1: Right. And ceramic, the word ceramic is just public domain. So it's not really being monitored. You know, no, yeah. no.
0: And that's, I think, what leads to a lot of the misleading marketing, because the word gets so term gets used so loosely.
1: Yes. Well said. Exactly. Well,
0: yeah. good. Is there anything outside of the the graphing line that you guys are uh, looking at developing as a, as a new line to what you already have? Let me think. Um We've uh, just taken
1: on. Uh, we're taking on uh, other lines. We're, we're actually we're, we're looking at another ceramic line right now too. Uh, uh, we'll probably make it official here pretty soon. I, I don't think I can publicly announce. Uh, That's okay. Where would they
0: find that once you make that announcement? Pardon me. I said once once you decide to make your announcement in regards to that, where would they see that at? Would that be on like a social media, a newsletter?
1: Yeah, social okay. media.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm interested.
1: <laughs> but it's, it's a lot of fun. We'll be down at the Southern Detailers Conference, and Mike Pulaski will be uh, giving a class on uh, getting to know the technology of graphene coatings there.
0: Ah, nice. Yeah. Very nice. That's right. You guys have a booth there and everything.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Now, are you going to be attending, Mike?
1: Uh, I won't be able to attend. But my team will be there.
0: It's the first event. You got to be there. <laughs> it's the kickoff to our industry, actually. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: I'm excited about it. I'm helping behind the scenes, you know, in every way I can. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we definitely look forward to seeing you. Um, and as far as uh, information on how to get a hold or get their hands on uh, PDP products, what uh Throw a website out there, social media.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's pdp.biz, B-I-Z. It's also professionaldetailingproducts.com, but pdp.biz is a lot easier to type in. And uh, we have a Facebook page, uh, Instagram.
0: And then you have, um, where the, of course, they have where they can find distributors through that website as well, correct?
1: Uh, let's see. Can they find us? This- distributors of our product i'm not sure we have a distributor page up yet we should do that
0: okay Okay.
1: on our website yeah yeah yeah
0: that way and say hey somebody's out of state and they want to look at their most local or easiest to get it shipped to instead of across the country
1: (laughs) absolutely yeah thanks for reminding me about that we're we're going to update our whole uh website platform that's our next project too yeah
0: well, you did a good job at the facility, so I'm sure that the website's going to look just as good, if not better, because it's all digital, right? There's a lot more magic that you can make happen with digital stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, well, we're getting uh, right up on our time frame. So as far as uh, any last words of advice you may have for somebody that is getting into manufacturing storefront or just the detailer in general?
1: I would say get involved with the IDA uh, you know, it's a great synergy going on between everybody, you know, uh, you can only do so much with your own DNA when you put everybody's together. Uh, you know, that's what makes things happen. And, and, you know, uh, I've always said, you know, it's probably a worn out phrase by now, but a rising tide lifts all boats. So it's, it's true. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, every day when you go about your business, uh, focus on your priorities. Everybody, you know, is always busy, but to be productive, you need to uh, focus on the, the two or three key things that are your priorities. It's so easy to get sidetracked, distracted, uh, and and that's that's how you make things happen. So,
0: yeah, write those things down and execute. Yes. Yeah. As- yeah, we have too many things that distract us at our fingertips, cell phones, computers. Absolutely. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate you being on. Again, this is Reflection Artist Live. You are our guest for number 28 of our episodes, which I hope to have you on again when we're in the three digit uh, of, of how many episodes we've done. Um, and, you know, your background and everything in PDP has definitely been a great asset to the detail industry. So, thank you very much again and thank thanks you for, for taking the me. time out
1: thanks for having me justin i enjoyed it awesome
0: well thank you again mike and i'll let you get back to your day we appreciate you having on and anybody who's watching thank you again you could find us on any of the podcast platforms for reflection Artists live we also have a youtube and then also on our facebook page whether it be directly through Buff and shine or our reflection artist facebook page so thanks everybody for watching and Have a great day. And Mike, you as well. Have a great day. You too, Joe. Take care. Thanks Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out buffandshine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.